Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, hello. Hey, gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Guess what? We are a benevolent podcast. You know why? Because we listen to you. Because you chose the film for this week to be gutted, The Hateful Eight. Uh, Brad Morris chose that film, and we did the episode a few weeks ago, but you chose The Hateful Eight to air this week, so here we are. Brad does a great job of getting into it, but before we get into it, let's talk about a few quick things. And if you're looking to advertise, please hit us up, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And if you feel so kind, why not throw us a donation in the old bucket? It helps. Go to our YouTube page, click the PayPal button, and throw us a few bucks, you know, whatever you can, just to help keep the lights on. We appreciate that. And of course, a two or three sentence review, five star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We love you. We appreciate it. And now here's Brad Morris mm, really taking it to the hateful eight. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. You like dogs? Do you like dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah, dogs. Oh, dogs. Oh, yeah, I like dogs. Uh, dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. Kevin Israel, name that film. That Usual Suspects? No, close. I was going to go with that, but I opted not to. Snatch. Oh, dogs. 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 Yeah, you like dogs? I like dogs. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know you're a fan. I thought I would throw you a quasi. <laughs> Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, gutting the sacred cat. We hope you're enjoying these last batch of episodes. I think we're doing a hell of a job. Wouldn't you say so? Yes. You've heard such gems as Under Siege on this podcast. You've heard more gems as Avengers Endgame. Argo. Kevin Israel, how the hell are you, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? You know, just uh, kicking ass with this podcast, as you've seen recently. We were in the top 15 for Amazon. Sorry. iTunes. Movie reviews. Because of you folks. And we cannot impress upon you so much. Hey, 
If you have not yet done so, to all of our new fans and friends, please, a five-star rating, a two- or three-sentence review does help. And if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Now that we've got the laundry out of the way, let's welcome our guest, Brad Morris. Brad, how the hell are you, buddy? How's it going, guys? Great. Brad's claim to fame is he's friends with Bill Schultz since childhood. <laughs> so that's Brad's credit. It, it, it is. Uh, that's what I lead with, guys. Yeah. <laughs> is that on your business card? It's on my business card. <laughs> Bill, Bill Schultz's high school friend. Is it in bone like an uh, American Psycho? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Bill, Start sweating Bill, when you, know, you see it. <laughs> it. Pretty much. Brad, tell the folks where I can find you what you're up to. Uh, you know what? You can find me uh, on Twitter, making an ass of myself, uh, and on Instagram, yeah, still mostly making an ass of myself. But um, you know, uh, acting and writing. I'm trying to think if I have anything that's coming out soon on the acting side, and I don't think so. And it might be because of the pandemic, and it might just be because my career's in the shitter. Um, uh, but yeah, writing, writing a lot. Uh, also don't know that any of those, the most recent thing I wrote on was, uh, the, uh, second installment of the babysitter on Netflix. Cool. Uh, did, did a rewrite on that and, um, a couple of my jokes still made it in there, but, um, that's a very gory movie and, um, and yeah, working on, uh, we'll see, got a pilot that's going to be, you know, we'll see if ABC remembers that they bought it. <laughs> you know, and then uh, and then anything's possible, guys. Sky's the limit. I'm, I'm an optimist now. It's 2021. Yeah, it's a whole new year. Yeah. I, bet you, I bet you 50 bucks you remember, remember to cash their check. Thank you. <laughs> Brad has come on to discuss the one, two, third Quentin Tarantino film we've done in this podcast. The Hateful Eight. 2015 budget of 44 million bucks a gross of $155 million. And since it's, well, six years ago, I guess now, we put it into 2020 money, $48.1 million, a gross of one sixty nine point six. So 4X plus investment, yeah, it's, ROI, it's a, pretty good. Pretty close so to that. Brad, as you may know, IMDB, you've written a few shows. You've contributed to some stuff. You know IMDB very well. You know it's a scale of one to 10 with decimal points, right? Well, what did the Hateful Eight score on IMDb, Brad Morris? I, I feel like this is a movie that people really enjoy. And, and there's Tarantino heads that, that uh, are also not very critical of, of the man. So I'm going to say it's got to be over eight or r- hanging around eight. You're going to say eight flat? Let's say eight. I'm going to go with, let's go up. I'm going to go eight, two. Eight, two. Kevin Israel. Uh, I'm not as confident as Brad is about this one. So I'm going to say a seven, three. Seven, eight. Ah, split, split the, the difference. God yeah. Rotten okay. Tomatoes, one through 100 is a percentage-based scale. My lovable co-host, Kevin Israel, what did the critics give the Hateful Eight? I feel like critics are probably harder on this than the, than the audience was. So I'm going to stay, stay, in the, stay in the 70s. I'm going to say 71. Mm-hmm. Brad? I got, I got it. I got I'm, I still believe that people love this movie much more than I do and, uh, are less, less critical. I'm going to go, I'll bring it down a little bit because Kevin just taught me something. 79, 74, right in the middle again. Unbelievable. You think I would have learned you guys. Are the- <laughs> you, I mean, you literally just, I just had an opportunity to, to make the adjustment. I, I, Bill will be the first to tell you I'm t- always terrible in math. All right. <laughs> You guys are the perfect seesaw for each other. You guys yeah, get, get some ice cream together and hang out at like playgrounds because it'll be <laughs> creepy. Audience score, Brad Morris. Let's see if you can redeem yourself in this department. 
this is where this is where I win. Uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to Sandler. Uh, let, let's do uh, let me go eighty two on that then. Mm-hmm. Kevin Israel eighty six seventy six. Wow! Come on. Wow! So rare. This might have been the worst performance by a guest and me in the history of this show. <laughs> that's not I, named. I'm, that's not named Bill Schultz. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be great at, at busting all of your uh, averages tonight, guys. Uh, especially when it comes to quality. I promise. Speaking yeah. of averages, take the under. Take the under. Take the under. Just like the number of Bears wins next year. hey <laughs> Quotes. There are a lot of quotes in this film, but too many involve the N-word, so I'll pass. You're passing on all the quotes? There aren't any, there aren't any other quotes that don't involve the N-word, <laughs> so I want to have a career. Kevin Israel, quotes. I have two. One, kick it open. All right. <laughs> and you only need to hang mean bastards, but mean bastards you need to hang. Okay. Yep. Brad, any quotes show about it you? Um this one I just think to me it, it 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 made me laugh when I heard it. I had to go back and make sure it's very literal, but uh how'd you like that, you bushwhacking castrator? Which I think is sort of like <laughs> might be might be right there encapsulating what some of my issues are with this movie. But anyway. Maybe it's also what someone's a man says to his wife at divorce court. Thank you. Maybe. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. While, now nah, you're never going to get this. Amber Tamblin read the part during Tarantino's Los Angeles County Museum of Art charity read through. And I'll give you, uh, you guys can guess this one. Another name, huge A list actress, also heavily tied to the role of Daisy Domergu. Uh, Brad Morris, why don't you go first, being your guest? What take a guess on what female read for the role of Daisy Domergu? Huge name. This is 2015. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, I feel like we're we're in the, we're really in the prime right now of Nicole Kidman just deciding she needs to be in 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 anything and showing her range. So I'm gonna go there. Range is that code for her tits? I love uh, eyes wide shut. Thank you. Okay, Kevin Israel, Emma Stone. Jennifer Lawrence. Wow. I was in the right range. Wow. You were, again, much closer, unsurprisingly. (laughs) Other names in the mix were rumored to include frequent Tarantino Christoph Waltz, but he declined to work with Tarantino again. And all the equally imposing Viggo Mortensen also also, uh, associated with the film. Number two, during filming, cast and crew were kept in a 30-degree refrigerated set. That's... I, just, I, I discuss this later on. Okay. This project was shelved in 2014 after the script was leaked, but Tarantino was convinced to do it. So the production resumed in early 2015. The movie was shot on 65 millimeter film, employing the very lenses used to shoot the chariot race in Ben-Hur. OB, the carriage driver, wears the same hat and glasses Kurt Russell wore in The Thing. Huh. I got okay. you, Brad Morris. Wow. Oh. wow. <laughs> that might be my favorite part of the movie, actually. Now that you Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. listen, I don't want to keep this lion cage anymore. <laughs> I dare say we give the lion his meat and un- un- uh, unlock this cage. Kevin Israel, it's now time for Brad Morris to gut, gut the, the sacred, sacred 
Cow. Guys, uh, first of all, I'm honored to be here. I know that it's uh, it's thanks to a friend's recommendation, and and you know, look, this movie. I, first of all, I'm a I'm a Tarantino fan, and I know that that's the disclaimer that you know anyone who wants to uh, you know be respected uh in the uh film and tv community needs to say uh, as well as maybe to ever you know i I, by the way ob i'd take that role any day of the week i'd love to be murdered viciously uh in a tarantino movie um this to me the, the main argument i have is that this movie to me feels like it was tarantino saying i probably should do a western and then that was his motivation for doing this story and then I did a little bit of digging because I didn't want to be, you know, not do my homework uh, entirely. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically I found this, which I, which I thought was, um, you know, which is pretty interesting. And basically Tarantino said like, you know, twice he, he loved Bonanza and, you know, the Virginian and, you know, all that stuff. He said a couple times a season, there's these shows that have an episode where a bunch of outlaws take the lead characters hostage. They would come to the Ponderosa, hold everybody hostage or go to Judge Garth's place. Uh, there'd be a guest star. And I don't like that storyline in a modern context, but I love it in a Western. So you pass halfway through the show, find out if they're good or bad guys. And all was revealed uh, that comes out. And uh, so what if I made a movie starring nothing but those characters? No heroes, just a bunch of guys in a room all telling backstories that may or may not be true. Um, guys, that's pretty much that's my argument for why I don't like this movie. It is a not it is a bottle episode of a Tarantino movie. They are in a cabin the entire time. And it feels a little bit like you're seeing one of those choose your own adventure. It's like, I love knives out that felt mm. like uh, fresh and exciting to me. This one felt like um, a bad SNL parody of a Tarantino movie most of the time. And it felt overwritten and kind of weird. And the acting from actors I love was also kind of, yeah, there was, it felt a little loosey goosey, even for Tarantino. So that's my main, th- these are my gripes. These are my gripes. Okay. And then I have, uh, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, it, you know, N-bombs uh, fly aplenty in uh, Tarantino movies, and we can talk about that all day long. And gore, I would actually say the least amount of, um, you know, judiciousness in both departments found right here in Hateful Eight. Like, I feel like it's, it's just, Let's see how many times we can drop end bombs. Let's see how many bizarre. By the way, the blood doesn't even look consistent uh, in yep. this movie. There are times where the blood looks like blood. There are times when the blood looks like minestrone soup. And there's other times where it kind of looks like gravy. And by the way, there's stew in this movie. Uh, and, <laughs> and then there's also, so that's confusing. There's stew that looks like blood. There's blood that looks like stew. Um, yeah, so there's that going on. You know, the Christoph Waltz thing you mentioned, I didn't know for sure, but watching Tim Roth play that character, and I'm going to forget his name right now, but... Um, Mobley is his last name. Mobley. Also, the names are kind of... Oswaldo Mobley. Oswaldo Mobley, right, right, which also just feels a lot like you only would name a Christoph Waltz Tarantino character Oswaldo Mobley, and then when you get Tim Roth there, I feel like you got to make the adjustment, but the adjustment was never <laughs> made. And then it's almost like... Roth found out it was going to be Christoph and goes, God, I, I worked with Tarantino first. Like when did it become Christoph's 
ball, I guess I'll just say fuck you and I'll I'll do a Kristoff impression. There's a lot in this movie. There's a lot of um, let's call it uh, in, you know inconsistencies in the dialect work. So like sometimes you hear Tim Roth, and there's some of it is there are choices being made, but other times it just feels like they maybe because they were in a 30 degree freezer. They, they forgot what they did the day before and they couldn't lock it in. And the script supervisor was, he had hypothermia. I don't know exactly what was happening there. Um, I did love seeing Mike Madsen. I love seeing him in everything this time around Joe Gage, I believe is his name in this. Yep. It did feel a little bit like they woke him up from his car, like in Venice beach <laughs> and just dragged him. Do you know what I mean? To, to wherever they shot this and just said, just, you can say whatever you want uh, and um, and make some faces and, and we'll figure it out from there. There's a lot of that going on in this movie. It feels like, by the way, once again, like Kurt Russell, I love Kurt Russell. He kind of is rocking in this movie. Like um, even this bothered me in this movie. He doesn't have a, a straight Yosemite Sam facial hair situation happening. He's got a Yosemite Sam with the beard coming like kind of underneath it. So mm-hmm. he's got like thick mustache, then a light beard. Um, uh, that was bothersome, but you know Jennifer Jason Lee plays the role of Daisy Domergue, which also that Domergue that feels like a Tarantino thing. Like it feels like he wants to he's making a Jeffrey Dahmer joke and a jizz joke at the same time. Like I don't know what's going on here with some <laughs> of the names in this movie. The only thing missing is a, uh, is a Kurt Russell got, spinning. The only missing is a Kurt Russell spinning mustache as he says that name over and over and over. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, so, so she's got, she's got, she is a uh, very Southern at times in this movie. And at other times in this movie, she's kind of um, just co- like real kooky. Like she's really kooky, like almost feels like there's times in this movie where I thought the only thing I can compare this to is a threes company episode, which is not something you really <laughs> want because the whole door bit, that to me, I was like, this is like straight. This is like, where's Ritter? You know, I miss, <laughs> I miss him. Where's Summers? Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're like, there's like sitcom jokes. And I, listen, I, you know, on good days, I'm working on sitcoms. I know what they look like. I know what they, this just felt outside of the Tarantino canon. And it felt like, looks like a Tarantino movie, smells like a Tarantino movie, but just doesn't like deliver in the same way. And I know that this was supposed to be like the Django extension it was like more of the civil war you know uh, uh you know kind of uh uh, uh you know a commentary especially from the black perspective and look i mean i could watch sam jackson look right down the barrel and, and make faces all day long and be perfectly happy that being said the other thing in this movie and he said it in that quote there is not a single character in this movie that you're really caring about all that much, like not one. So it's like, it comes down to, it comes down to Sam Jackson and um, Walter Goggins, you know, and Goggins also kind of, and boy, he can, he can bring you the, the Southern, but there there's times where he's doing it one way and there's times he's doing it another way. And I don't know if they, it feels like maybe people went on strike in the middle of this movie. Like they said, this is it's too cold. I'm leaving, and then they brought him <laughs> back, and they didn't look at what they did. Um, but that that's kind of where I'm at, guys. I mean, um, oh, and then you know the, the <laughs> it also I you know it felt a little lazy to me. It felt 
it felt in watching it again, uh, like did Tarantino really build this entire thing? Like I would believe it if it, 30 years from now, he just goes, I really, I had this idea for this set piece, this fantasy sequence, it's out in a blizzard and Sam Jackson's character gets blown by a, a you know, a Confederate general's son as uh, you know, a recompense. And, um, and then uh, he, Sam Jackson is just going to do as many euphemisms for penis as he can. It was like a list. Uh, I was able to grab a few of them. You know, he went with Johnson, Dingus, Pecker. He left out Schlong, Schwantz, Cobra, Wang. Uh, you know, uh, Jewish. A lot of those were too Jewish. Too Jewy, too Yiddish. I understand. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I just it felt it felt like, and I in rewatching it too, it was a few times where I'm like, this movie feels kind of long, and it feels a little bit like the only thing I can compare it to is when you go to a play when you're a kid and your parents drag you to a play. And you kind of go like, this should be cool. And then you go like, is it intermission yet? There's a lot of that stuff. And by the way, this is including, like I said, blood, guts, uh, creative insults, you know, and a cast that I, I should only love. Although the Damien, but oh, and Channing Tatum showing up also. I don't know why. Why did that happen? Why was it him? Also, he didn't, I didn't think he... What happened to the accents on this movie? Why is everyone from the South? Why are they in Wyoming? Can we just talk about that? Why are they in Wyoming? No, it's never talked about. Why they're is it going, a haberdashery? Yeah, they're going to go hang them at, uh, in Red Rock, which is in Colorado, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but it feels like a bottle episode. I, to me, it was um, when I remember reading the, the, the article about uh, when Clint Eastwood, the story behind Gran Torino, was that he, you know, he was waiting on something else to get done and it got stalled out for like a, a month. The financing fell through on some other movie. And he goes, I'm just going to really quickly write a movie that I can make really fast. And that, that was Gran Torino. This felt like a little bit like, I don't know, Tarantino's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to bang this out. If you told me that Tarantino wrote this script over a weekend, I would, I would believe it. Wow. I would believe it. What do you think? That's my that's that 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 that's that's where I am, guys. Have I gutted? Have I gutted this? Thing? Well, listen, we have. I, listen, you have as much time as you want. So if you have more points, want to go? No, I. All I, right. Oh, oh no, no. Let me add one more. I Please. have one more. I have Please. one. Oh, I have two more. Go ahead. The other one is this chapters, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about chapters for a second. Sure. Uh, I don't really know why you need them. Um, you know, it almost feels a little bit like it's the kind of bell and whistling that you do when you're trying to put some lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? It's like a book, Brad. It's well, a hold book. on. Well, I'll just interject just to fucking be a dick. Do you remember Pulp Fiction? I'm sure you do. Yes. The Bonnie, yes. The Bonnie situation. Yes. Oh, they, had, they had titles. Yes. Too, so that's okay. his thing. So okay. he's it's thinking into his theme. Okay. All right. All right. I'm with you there. Okay. All right. Then comes the VO. Okay. Yes. Yes. Just, guess what? I might just, and you could just, he's in the edit bay and he's like, you know what? I might want to just, let me try something real. It, there's a lot of, let me try something here is going on. That, that's fine. It's Tarantino. He can do whatever he wants. And I, I contend he has. 
Pause. Uh, Don't you remember in Glorious Bastards, he had Samuel L. Jackson do voiceover? Absolutely. Okay, but, so he's being consistent. He's being from consistent. Film to film to film. Okay, fair, fair, fair enough. Who did the voiceover? Was that Tarantino? No, it was some other guy. That's not Tarantino. I don't know who it was. It's not it Tarantino? Tarantino? No. That's not yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was, but wow. I couldn't. I couldn't find he has it. a very okay. distinctive speech. I know pattern, he does, but it, that was not him. It was okay. It was, all right, all right. He fair, almost fair sounds. Enough. He almost sounds like a very Italian Woody Allen when he talks. Yes, he That's does. a great. Yes, he great, does. great example. Oh, here, here, here's something. I don't. I don't appreciate that they got Ennio Morricone to do the score for this movie because he's like, great. you know, the king. Of, of of spaghetti westerns and you know all this stuff he was clearly you know he died this year this was five years ago he was in his mid to late 80s i feel like he was taken advantage of i feel like it's that's not you don't it's not fair you don't do that to a man when he's not in his right mind uh and i felt like it's like getting roger deacons you know 20 years from now to do like the next transformers movie just so you're like you know what we can do this we can do this man <laughs> and, and it's just taking advantage um all right, so then, look, every movie can be redeemed with a great ending. I truly believe that. Um, it didn't happen for me here, guys. Uh, the Lincoln letter, which is referenced and is sort of central to the entire you know plot of this movie, which you know is even it's a plotty plot. There's a lot of talk about it uh, more than doing anything. Like I said, it all takes place in you know, large 90% of this movie, 95% of this movie takes place in this cabin. Um, when you finally read this letter, I assume it's, it's meant to um, effectively make you finally feel something for Sam Jackson's character, uh, who I believe his name is like Marquez. Yeah. Mar- Marquez. I, Marquez. Mar- I think it's supposed to be Marquis. Marquis. They keep mispronouncing it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it didn't. It didn't happen for me, guys. Uh, it felt. It felt tacked on, and it felt like, "What's our ending?" And well, we have this letter. We should probably read it. Um, and again, I, I love everyone in this movie, and maybe that's where my vitriol comes from: is that I, I, I hold it to the high Tarantino standard, and then you put together a lot of great folks. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things like, you know, I, I guess if I were, you know, it's like my, my mom's, um, you know, my mom's chicken soup is incredible. He gave me all the same ingredients to tell me how to do it. Not going to come out as good. That's how I feel. But I don't know. It's Tarantino soup. So who we, who do we point fingers at? That's my, you know, that's my question. Um yeah, By the I, way, it was Quentin Tarantino who did the voiceover. Was it? I knew yeah. it was. I God it damn was. it! Did not sound like him. Yeah, I'm, I didn't okay, think it sounded I'm like wrong. him either. It did well, sound to to. to uh, I'm always going to try and mediate, guys, and I don't like seeing mom and dad fight. So I just want to tell you, uh, <laughs> it's not your fault. I knew it's not your fault. It's not I, your fault. I, I knew it was. I knew it was. I felt it was him, but also he definitely was. Not doing, he was not leaning into the Tarantino. No, he was voice. not. Yes. He wasn't Jimmy in the kitchen making coffee for Jules <laughs> and Vincent. This uh, knock it off, Julia. I know my coffee's good, okay? Because I buy when I go when Bonnie goes shopping, she buys shit. I buy the gourmet gourmet expensive stuff because when I drink it, I'm gonna taste it. See, that's the that's, that's the Tarantino I know. There you I, go. And I'll do Pulp Fiction until the fucking cows. There you go. I love it. I, I, I want to hear, hear what the pros think. I have a question before Kevin. Right. This goes to your time. My question to you is this: If 
this was not a Tarantino film or if this was his first film. So you could not have any other Tarantino influences. Would your opinion be the same? Would you like it less or more? I should probably ask you that. Um, it's a really good question. Uh, I, I think it, I maybe I would have liked it a little more. I do think there's like the the expectation for me, um, you know that 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 because I do love his stuff. That uh, and don't get me wrong, there there a lot of moments in the movie that are, that are highly enjoyable. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I hold it to a higher standard because it's him. If it had been Joe Schmo, I'd say Schmo Schmo might have something. But I also think I'd say. Wow, who the hell does this guy think he is? He's putting chapters in the movie. He's got a is that his own voice in there? And why are these people dropping that many end bombs? And why is the blood look different every time in the voices? Yeah. Give me a score for the hateful eight. <sighs> Man. You know, I was aiming high, felt like uh with all my guesses before. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, guys. I I I I I don't like saying this. It's, say it. Uh, say it. It's it's a six for me. I was gonna say you're not buying a fucking house, Brad. It doesn't it's take this long to give a number. <laughs> He's not a gonna know. I don't like saying this. I don't like saying this. You know, I don't. Six. By for the way, six is solid. I was just gonna say, if someone who hates it gives it a six, wow. Well, We've given good movies six. Six well, and a half. You got. I want to hear what your ratings are. I, All I, right. I I, uh, I look forward to it. I mean, look, I. I uh, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't like I was pounding my head against the wall. I guess I'll say that. I guess a bad Tarantino for me is still, you know, uh, better than, than some, but six is a fucking guys. I, I, ask Bill. We went to high school. I got news for you. 60% is a fucking F. I don't care how you, how you slice it. That's, <laughs> I remember those. I remember getting the test back. Yeah. But after three beers, a six is someone you'll go home with. There you go. That's another way to look at it. Depends it. on well the kind said. Of, well, hold on, hold on. And I'm going to interject some common sense Please. in this fucking Please. argument. A Vegas six is different than a fucking Topeka, Kansas six. Let's yeah, get this is that a, out there. This is a Tarantino six. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it an Adam Sandler 15. There you go. Kevin Israel, it is your turn to go up first. So please have All righty. If nobody told me that this was a Quentin Tarantino movie, I would know that this was a this was. A oh, Quentin you Tarantino. fucking asshole! <laughs> you fucking asshole! Number two on my list. If anyone didn't know what film this was, and they sat down at the beginning, they would hear the three N words in the first three minutes ago. Oh, this is a Tarantino film. <laughs> Fuck you. We've been together too long, man. We, we started the cycle together. <laughs> this, is, this movie just oozes. And there was another movie we did, and I can't remember what director, and we said it was just him. Uh, I don't remember what movie it was. Who was the guest? Was, I'll tell you. Who was the guest? I don't. I, I don't I, uh, was it Batman Returns? Mike Price? Yeah, it might have, been, might have been Batman Returns where we were saying that it was just the director just jerking off all over the movie and just giving everything. And that's what this movie felt like. This movie felt like Quentin Tarantino just being like, I'm going all in on Quentin Tarantino. Like, you are going to see everything that I've ever wanted to do. The only thing this movie didn't have, and I'm shocked by, was women's feet. You oh. did get shot in the foot, so there was at least a nod to feet. True, but but I'm just I'm really shocked by as much Tarantino as was just jam packed into this movie that there wasn't like a naked foot scene. More, more foot uh, fetishism than a, than a Rex Ryan uh, birthday party. <laughs> but hold on, oh, that's to be probably, fair, that's probably not a great. Yeah, go ahead. Finally, reference to be fair, 
it's fucking 15 degrees. Who's taking their shoes off? In that, in that <laughs> That's what I'm, I was sure somebody, I remember when I watched this the first time, I was sure somebody was going to get frostbite and have to take their shoes off. I thought she was going to have, and she was going to have her feet by the fire and just, and they were going to be all black and nasty just because he probably sat and like whacked off to somebody's frostbitten feet one time, whatever weird shit he's into. This is, this is my thing with Quentin Tarantino. He's made some amazing movies, but how he's not on a list just for shit he pulls off. Did he make a bet with somebody when he was 18 to say, I'm going to make 10 movies that are going to have more N words in it and have ever been spoken throughout the entire civil war. Like it's ridiculous. Even people (laughs) back then didn't say the N word as much as he has them saying, it's like every time he he says it, every time he gets a character to say it, somebody hands him a dollar. It's like, well, you did it again, Quentin. Just keep doing it. Am I I crazy? Or is this, this one had the most more than Django? No, no, no. no. Django had the most. Django Django, Django had more N words than other dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) Also in this, I'm going to raise you on this too. They also found creative ways to not, well, to make a black slur, but not say the N word. Like OB, because the first thing I would, OB goes, all right, hold on your hands in there. There's smoke. I go, oh, okay. Code. <laughs> there were a few. No, you're right. There were yeah. a few of those. And every now and then, he, even, even Kurt Russell, who was, you know, kind of walking the line between good, good guy and bad guy. He didn't always say the N word. He, no. but then he was like, "Yeah, the black fella in the." It's like even that felt racist. Like you can't, you can't reference a black person in a Quentin Tarantino movie and not feel like there's a little bit of racism slathered on it. 2015 wasn't that long ago, guys, and yet, and I know this is a period movie, but it also just feels like I don't know that he could have gotten away with this exact thing today, even. You know what I mean? I, well, you know I what? can't. I can't wait till he does a new Star Trek film, and we really find out the answer to that one. <laughs> he gets on. A, he he gets a different planet, and uh, you know, and, and a ton of black people there. Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> Good call. Thank you. This movie is incredibly long. This is almost three hours. I think it was two hours and forty some odd minutes, and it was about an hour and fifteen minutes too long. If this movie had been an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes and he had really tightened everything up, because the point that they were trying to get to, like, like we said, it's just it was a very simple sort of story that he was trying to tell. And it was very much like an episode of a, of a show that but then he was just like, you know what, I'm going to do an episode, a 30 minute episode of a show and I'm going to make it three hours and fuck yeah. you. I'm Quentin Tarantino and you're going to watch it. So let me ask you this. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Pulp Fiction, Kevin? Because I'll make a point. Why? Pulp, my my thing with Pulp Fiction is he tells he tells multiple stories in that movie about a diverse and interesting cast of characters, mm-hmm. and then they all come together. So you're building up to this moment with all these different stories. All the unique stories are interesting, and then how they all tie together is interesting. Okay, and then so, even on rewatch, it becomes more interesting because you start to see how everything ties together. And you, and you think it was too long? No, it's the same fucking length. How about that? But I, uh, you're right, you're right. But this, it was a better story. That's true. That's Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is my second favorite film of all time. Right. So. No, it, yeah. I mean, you can make a, th- a three hour movie isn't too long if it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> now imagine now imagine that they did all of Pulp Fiction and just stayed in Brad's apartment. Right. <laughs> right. It was just, Check it was out just the big brain on bread again. <laughs> it was just them and Marcellus Wallace's house dancing and doing right. drugs. Exactly. Like, okay. We get exactly. the point. But the, the movie, the movie itself, it really felt like, like clue with the N word. 
It felt like the yes. whole time. Yes. It felt like the whole time you were just trying to figure out what was going on. And you, I was, I, I, and I remember waiting. I saw this in the theater and I remember waiting for this like, wow moment where I was like, this is going to be something. And then when it was revealed, it was just like, oh, the guy was hiding in the basement that we had no foreshadowing to. So there was no reason for us to think he was there. For, the foreshadowing was, was in Inglorious Bastards where they, where they used the, also someone being underneath the floorboards. <laughs> yeah. And the, it just, it just never, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I did like about this movie. Quentin Tarantino does characters as well as Stephen King does characters. He builds a character and makes it three dimensional, makes you feel like you know them and there's something behind them and there's substance. And he's so good at it. His dialogue makes me happy that nobody in real life speaks like that because we would never get through conversations. Imagine if every time you started a conversation, it was a Quentin Tarantino just seven paragraph speech that everybody gives when they're talking. It's like, Jesus Christ, say three sentences and get out, man. I should have to do. You know, they say like, you can tell when a, when a director or writer like loves actors, you know, cause they'll just write stuff for these actors that they yeah. just, uh, it's okay to not love actors that much. Do you know what I mean? Like he, <laughs> he really, he really butters it up. Yeah. The, the, the Lincoln letter, which, you know, like Brad said, was really kind of the linchpin of this whole story. And I'm just too dumb to put together what the symbolism of that letter was because it clearly meant something. But the, when he took, when he made that a lie, I thought he really ruined something about the character. I, I thought there was, I thought it would, first of all, I thought it was going to be hysterical when you read the letter, I thought it was going to be something like dirty that Lincoln wrote him or something like offensive or like his grocery or ridiculous, like his grocery list. Like it was going to be something completely batshit crazy that you wouldn't think Lincoln said. But the minute it came out that it was fake, it was just like, well, there's nothing to this character. The only thing that had us really tied to this character was he was this slave warrior who made friends with the president. That was awesome. That was such an awesome storyline. And then it was just bullshit. And then the movie ends with them reading this bullshit letter. And I know that there's some kind of symbolism, like it was all a lie, but it doesn't matter because if you believe your lie long enough, you're going to get your dick shot off. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But my <laughs> point is my point is that that was, that was, this, that was like this, this seminal point of this movie that he ended up being like, ah, fuck you. Everybody's lying. Nobody's truth. Nobody's truth. Santa's fake. Go shit yourself. Like it was just, there was, it almost took the value away from it. It was like he pulled the rug out from under you when you wanted a different rug pulled out from under you. It, and that just, it really bothered me. Something else that really bothers me. He plays silent night in this movie. And by God, that makes this a Christmas movie. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Then fucking Hateful Eight is a Christmas movie. And I will punch you in the face if you disagree. Because I'm sick of the Die Hard argument. It's not a Christmas movie. But if it is, Hateful Eight is one too. And I'm going to watch it next year on Christmas Eve. It was released over Christmas time, ironically. Hateful Christmas, Eight. Christmas, yeah, that's Christmas Day release, I think. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I saw it the day after Christmas because I'm a huge Tarantino fan. So I go, well... Can't go on Christmas Day. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, going back to the blood in this, vomiting blood and exploding heads must be right up there with the N word and feet for Quentin Tarantino. I don't know. I I don't think Quentin Tarantino's ever actually seen what happens when somebody gets shot in the head. Their head doesn't explode like a grapefruit with an M eighty in it. That's not how body works. That's not how (laughs) bullets don't explode. Nothing, nothing explodes like that. But everybody's head just explodes when they get shot. Yes. And now it's just crazy. And there's, and I don't think, 
I'm pretty sure there's no poison that acts in three minutes and makes you vomit up your insides. It might take a while and it might happen, but it's not going to happen in three minutes. And if it's going to kill you that quickly, you're just going to die. You're not going to start throwing up your insides. So I, I would like to know what, what poison that was. <laughs> I hate, I hate vomiting. I hate it. I just, I don't think, I, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's, a, it's, what? it's a good, I don't, it, <laughs> did you, did you not laugh in the sandlot where they all swallowed their dip on the ride and they're peeing nope. on each other? I and I didn't, I didn't laugh in a stand by me when he tells a story and they're all throwing up on each other. I don't think, I don't think throwing up's funny. I don't think it's a good, plot motivator and just watching these guys just throw up blood and then he finally you could see as he's crawling up her i was like he's gonna throw up on her he's gonna throw up in her face, her face. that's what's gonna happen the only thing that would have made it better is if we opened her mouth and threw up in her mouth <laughs> because the poison was in him and then she died that would have at least been creative but he just throws up on her and dies oh no no she actually shoots him and then he dies so let's talk about a haberdashery Nice. Haberdashery is a place that makes clothes. They yeah. make little sewing items. They make clothes. It's not an inn. It's not a tavern. And it is not whatever this place was. I think Quentin Tarantino heard the word haberdashery and was like, that's what I'm going to name the, 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 the inn and tavern that they stay at. It's going to be a haberdashery. Well, dickhead, that's not what a haberdashery it is. That's not what a haberdashery <laughs> is. And don't think you're smarter than us because I have fucking Google and I looked it up. <laughs> In the notes. It's in the notes. <laughs> the, uh, the, the scene where, where she's learning to talk French. I, I, listen, I get that this was set in the 1800s. I have to believe that even in the 1800s, most people knew we meant yes for French. Like I, she was blown away by that. Like somebody was showing her a 3D movie in the 1800s for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> she just, and, then, and then when she goes, when she goes, <laughs> do I have a fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> or ask me if I have a fat ass. He's like, what? I tried that with my wife, and I didn't get any smiling French back at me. <laughs> By the way, I don't think they were saying ass, fat asses were a thing back in the late 1800s either. Yeah, it wasn't a compliment. No. <laughs> oh, the one of the, the line that I left out that I that I really liked is when, <laughs> when he's telling him to throw the gun. The, he's like, throw your second gun out. He's like, I don't have a second gun. Well, you better shit another one out your ass. <laughs> That was funny. That was really funny. Quentin Tarantino is very good at funny dialogue. He's very good at making scenes. He's very good at tension. In Glorious Bastards, the opening scene shows how good he is at tension. This movie just felt like he was constantly trying to make every exchange this tense moment, and it got exhausting and uninteresting after a while. My last, my last point about this movie, the general whose name is eluding me, the old general, Bruce I feel like right? that character was completely inconsistent. He starts out as this kind of proud Confederate general who was standing by his beliefs of the union and of, uh, of, of, of black people. And he's standing by it. And then you find out that like the, when, when this all went down, he just broke like a table, a car, a house of cards and was like, I'll do whatever you tell me. Like, I feel like that guy that they set up in the beginning yeah. wouldn't have done that. He would have been like, fuck you, kill me. I'm not siding with you, blah, 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 whatever. And he probably wouldn't have been staying at a tavern or whatever, a haberdashery run by a black lady. If he was so upset by black people, why was he staying at Mimi's big black bottom house? Like that made no sense to me. Black bottom house. (laughs) (laughs) It just, I felt like that character is really inconsistent. And that was a really interesting character. And the story that, that, 
Sam Jackson's character tells about the blowjob, which is so Quentin Tarantino. That was so Quentin. Like he he woke up one night and he's like, "I'm gonna have a blowjob in a movie. Yes, I'm gonna have a naked man give blowjob in the snow. That's what I'm gonna do." And he did it, and he loved every minute of it. But that character seems so interesting, and so. Even when, even when Sam Jackson first sat down with him and there was almost this like begrudging respect, they just kind of ruined that character by making him, by showing him how like weak minded he was. I just, I feel like he went into a lot of characters and made them interesting and then kind of pulled the rug out and made them uninteresting, which again might have been the point behind all of this that nobody is what they seem and everybody's a piece of shit and you're all going to die. And you're probably gonna get your balls shot off. So go watching Glorious Bastards. I don't know whatever whatever Quentin Tarantino's thing is. So this this was far from Quentin Tarantino's best movie, but it was probably the best Quentin Tarantino's most Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, but it and it it just it was very very long and it dragged. It dragged a lot. And when they went back around, when they started to tell the story from the backside and you got to see what happened, that should have been really cool. That should have been this like cool, insightful, like, oh, we get to see how this all went down. And when it started, I was like, oh my God, there's more, like, I got to watch more of this. I thought we were close to the end. They're all almost dead. And now we have to find out. It's just, it, it was, it was too much, too much QT for me. A five. Whoa. You gave it a lower rating than our fucking guest did. That's... I, like I like what's happening. All right. Well, let's see. a lot of good points. Let's just talk here and have a nice discussion about guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can get yourself a kick-ass t-shirt like I'm wearing right now. That's right. Merch, we've got it. Gutting the Sacred Cow, hats, bags, merch, shop galore, cell phone holders. Oh, and articles there every single day, including our new feature, that doesn't happen where we pick something that we see in movies that they try and pass off as a regular occurrence. And that just doesn't happen in real life. So gutting the sacred cow.com. And again, please, if you have not yet done so five-star rating, three sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. We thank you kindly notes. Kurt Russell looks like Andy Reed. Fuck the Lorax. <laughs> Kevin stole my point about the N-word. Okay. Ten minutes in, and I see Tim Roth and Michael Madsen and Tarantino film, and I know, baby, we are more than halfway home already. Seeing that, that's like slipping into a nice pair of comfortable, like, you know, chill pants or, or, or slippers. You're like, these two in a Tarantino film cannot go wrong. Why does Obi's hat look like the inside of a stinky cab? Well, now we know why. <laughs> yes, we do. By the way, fuck walking out to take a dump in the middle of a blizzard. I would rather shit in the peppermint stick container, coffee pot, drawer, etc. Anything that does not involve me putting layers on instead of p- removing layers to fire out a deuce. How did you guys not go like, crazy? I'm not going to shit outside. It's 20 below. Fuck you. I, I did. I did think of it. And this did was you? another movie where I don't remember what movie we did last where I was like, I could not have lived at that time period. But this is another one where I was like, I wouldn't have made, I would have been one of those guys to die of cholera when I was 10 or something. Like <laughs> I was not making it through this time period. I enjoyed the running gag of having them nail the short door shut all the time. I did get a, and that's, that's a great analogy with the Jack Tripper. The only, the only missing was Mr. Furley knocking at the door asking for rent. 
What is the markup on your acting quote to have to film in blizzards and snow? Is that 25% additional? And the same goes if you have to film in the Caribbean or Hawaii, do you knock off 25%? Oh, 85 and sunny every day? They're, I have to pay, I should be paying them. This is great. But filming in the snow, I fucking hate the gold. Oh, no, no. The whole standoff could have been avoided when Kurt Russell asked for the gang's guns. One of them, one of them could have just said, nope, kaboom, problem solved, hour and a half saved. That's a massive point, and I'm so glad you made it. Thank you. That's another character inconsistency. I don't think anybody would have given him the gun. I feel like those guys would have been like, no, our whole point here is to kill you. Yeah. We're just going to kill you now. Right. All he had to do is turn his back to get one of the guy's guns and kaboom in the back. Obi has to go to the outhouse in the cold and put lines there. Fuck you is my response. I'm not. I'm your Uber driver, not your slave. Big difference. Oh, another good point. Why did Obi get sent out twice? Yeah. He was like, yeah. Obi drew the short straw. Why did Obi get stuck in the straw contest? I would have been like, no, fuck you. I'm still freezing yeah. from that last episode. Yeah. I'm not going to take my feet off by the fire because Tarantino <laughs> wants me to. Take my shoes off. Sorry. <laughs> Ladies of the podcast, all 15 of you, would you ever consider, would you reconsider having a guy eat you out with a Raleigh mustache, a Raleigh fingers mustache on steroids? Wouldn't that just tickle the inside of your legs? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Sound off GTSC podcast on Twitter. I want to know your answer. Is it worth it? Because that thing is cartoonishly Yosemite Sam large, and it cannot be pleasurable to have that little cookie duster in between your legs. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I want to. I, I didn't follow the Oscars of 2015, nor do I follow them in any year because they're all horseshit circle jerks. Whomever the actor was who walked naked in the slow in the snow for the Samuel L. Jackson story really wanted this gig and the SAG card because this is the worst condition for a man's dick and balls and with not a single line either, a glorified extra showing his dick without some 23-year-old cranked up on cat tranquilizers sucking said dick. Oof, lose, lose. I feel like that was the moment where every Sports Illustrated model who ever had to pose in a swimsuit in like Alaska for no apparent reason, they all got their comeuppance that with that yeah. scene. This yeah. this did it did it, 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 there's there's a scene in Spies Like Us. I feel yeah. like it's like Donna <laughs> Dixon or or the or the Russians are you know in the snow and then they're topless yep. around a fire or something. And I remember loving that so much when I was a kid and seeing that and going like wow boobies in the snow. Yeah. Something about that's even better than regular boobies. And then it's almost like this book ended that. And now I'm like a man and going, this sucks. This guy (laughs) traipsing through the side of a mountain in the snow, just totally naked. Good for him, though, by the way, that he's still his penis was actually still away from his body in this moment. I was like, this guy in in tropical conditions must be hung like a mule. You know what I mean? Like he listen, let's not get it twisted. He was fluffing until Tarantino finished the word saying action like on the end he'd still be like sitting there flapping his dick or flapping his dick in his hand to get enough blood in there all right that there's make no mistake about it i don't care. I gotta represent yeah <laughs> and by the way spies like us was shot in the paramount lot with fake snow there are no fucking heroes <laughs> i bet if you look at tarantino's browsing history it's a ton of foot fetish videos cuckold porn and multiple recipes for chicken cacciatore 
Had to throw a curveball in there. Tons of great tension built up a lot, but it does drag at times. Channing Tatum does not do it for me in this, but in Step It Up, he is dreamy. (laughs) (laughs) There is something. Am I crazy? There is. There was something jarring. I even. It's like I knew. I read. You know. Like when you go into that movie, you're like Channing Tatum's going to be in this. When he shows up, I was like, Why is he here? Bonus Bonus fun fact. Channing Tatum emailed Quentin Tarantino every day for a month to be in this film. Persistence pays off. Sure. Right. He has he has that face that's just of a perennial good guy. He yes. feels like he, him playing a bad guy just wasn't believable. Yes. If his character was there like reluctantly just because he had to save his sister and he didn't like he wasn't really a criminal, but he was just doing it to save his sister, I would have probably bought it a little more. But him as a hardened criminal who doesn't give a fuck about anybody and then was like speaking French was, to the black lady because he's even, such a I just didn't buy yeah, it. He was even even when he was even when he was being the bad ringleader guy, he still had a touch of magic Mike. You're rooting for the guy and he's yeah. talking about peppermint sticks and speaking French and getting a cigarette roll. He's beautiful. Too bad he or couldn't just... show this range playing Duke in the G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> what a fucking uh, abortion. Pair, pair of abortions those where you I want to start gutting a different movie right now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So mad. G.I. <laughs> Joe makes Transformers 3 look like fucking uh, Pulp Fiction or Citizen You King. really want to do this, don't you? You're, no, I'm I don't. Gonna, no. My eyes are going to start to bleed. I love, the car, <laughs> I love the cartoon. How do you not laugh when Russell pukes on, on Daisy's face? I laugh my balls off. This reminds me of the scene in Sandlot, like I just said. It's hilarious. Puke is funny. Diarrhea is funny. <laughs> Fuck you, Kevin Israel. I, I, I enjoy both. Except when they happen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, diarrhea does feel good. Puking never feels good. Unless it's in morning after, and you're like, I got to get this shit out of me. And then after you do that, you're a new man, right? Or if you're a true alcoholic, puke and rally, bro. Puke and rally. I'm pulling the trigger here. Yeah. I enjoyed the nods of Reservoir Dogs where they shot everyone at the same time. The only thing missing was one of them yelling, don't you point that gun at my dad! It's a horrible Sean Penn, but you get it. Red Apple cigarettes, a nod to Pulp Fiction, didn't it? You yep, kept that? Yep. Okay, good. And, and it was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Yep, yep. I enjoyed Walter Goggins' character arc. I did. It does a hell of an about face. I, I thought he was dynamic in this film. And to wrap up, the ending drags a bit. But this is on his second tier of films. I under I understand a little more of the hate, but I this is on the same plane of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A, same tier, not as good, not as good. Same tier. This is certainly better than Jackie Brown and Inglorious Bastards. As we said before in the podcast, Inglorious, a collection of four to five great scenes, and that's it. It's not better than Django, but this is still solid. You get plenty of the characters of Layers, as he does better than nobody else. Layers dialogue and this has both you may not think it drags out you don't think the payoff may buy uh pay off in the end i'll buy that but you still get both of those it does not have near the quotability as pulp fiction or reservoir dogs uh but it's a good it's a good it, between good and great watch the weakest part is Channing tatum but this is a six and a half for me second tier but still good does it pass the remote test yeah no, because 
you I think this is one of the rare films to get the whole, you know, effect. You got to sit and watch from from minute one. You can't jump in and go, all right, cool. This is the part where they go and they go and they and then Bruce Willis saves fucking the, the, the rapist or whatever. The, the, the Marcellus from getting raped. You have to be in from minute one for this to really get the full effect while watching, I think. So it doesn't pass it, but not for the wrong reasons. And you know what? That's a great point because he tries to break it up in his chapters, which, as you said, that's a Quentin Tarantino thing. But they don't feel like they're broken up into chapters. No. It feels like he just kind of forces it on you. Totally arbitrary. Right. Yep. Totally yep. arbitrary. Yeah. And- I, uh, I, I, um, I see this is where this is where the Tarantino thing is interesting because, you know, I love Jackie Brown. And I, I love it. and I love oh, I hate and I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you look at those two movies and they are so different from one another. And I thought that they're they're really great. And I thought that there are characters in those movies that that, that you do. So you, you do I actually didn't think this movie had the best layering of, uh, in terms of the character work. And I do look to him for that, to be honest with you. Goggins, to your point, I'll give that to you. He, you do see he has a turn. Yeah. He's really the only character that has a turn in this movie. There's really no one else. Like, even at some point, you think um, Domagoo, Domagoo, God, what an awful whatever. Uh, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, you think there's going to be something else coming? Yeah. No, not really. But you know what? To your point, she starts off and she's almost like a savage. Like, you think she's like some girl they found in the woods and was just chewing on people's ears. Mm-hmm. And she turns out to be sort of the sophisticated second in command of this gang. And she sort of evolves into that, but it's like there's no. Did, did we ever find out what she did? Why was she? They never announced it. They never announced no, it. Said. And I researched that too. By the way, update score update. I have to change this from a six and a half to a seven. And here is why: I gave wow. Bat, I gave Batman Dark, uh, Dark Knight Rises a six and a half, and I gave Under Siege a six and a half. And that is this film is better than those two, so seven for this. Uh, actually, I'll give you that. Fair. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you that. Fair. I just want to. I just want to be consistent. God damn it! You are. You're being consistent. I try to be. Next, let's go to the critics' five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. While it's not his best film (parentheses), it's far too long and indulgent at times. What Tarantino film's not indulgent, dickhead? Tarantino absorbs the audience into, into a scene, compelling you to look at each and every inch, indicative of many vintage films, his usual film playground. It's a lot to say about nothing, folks. How about that? Yeah, I don't know. What was that? I don't understand what that, that even just said. This is a critic trying to prove him, prove mm-hmm. that mommy and daddy's investment in him going to mm-hmm. fucking uh, four-year journalism slash film major bingo that, yeah. was worth it. Yeah. The Hateful Eight is a hilarious, suspenseful, bloody, and masterful masterful epic. It might just also be the year's best film. Wow. I don't know what else came out that year, but I I'll tell you I'll tell you what this movie definitely wasn't, and that's an epic. And I'll tell you why. An epic inherently means something that that spans quite a bit mm-hmm. of space, whether it's emotional or time. Literal, time. This movie does none of that. I don't know what's epic about this movie other than the, the you know, sheer number of, of uh, you know, end bombs and, and, and brains that get splattered. 
There are a hundred reasons why a three-hour widescreen epic that devolves into an Agatha Christie play shouldn't work, and yet The Hateful Eight comes off more satisfying than Inglorious Bastards, nope, or Django Unchained. Oh, sorry, I agree on Glorious Bastards, but Django Unchained. I love Django Unchained. That's his third best one in my book. Next one. Razor sharp, witty, suspenseful, and violent. It marks the signature Tarantino blend of style and substance. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> the Hateful Eight is worthless, mean-spirited, racial, and sexist fetishism doused in schlocky fake blood, and an artist skilled as Tarantino should know it. As, as, as much as I didn't like the movie, I don't agree with don't anything of that. No. Except the fake blood pork. Here's somebody else we would never invite to our house for a drink. Next one. The shift into postmodern mode is the film's final act too expository and feels like a belated attempt to inflect a bit of spice to an intelligent, if rather dry, drama. Warning, here's someone who talks down to waiters and cashiers at Whole Foods. I know big words. Yeah, that's insane. As if you ever saw the uh, the Family Guy episode where Peter learns to, uh, listens to like a, a critic and he just repeats the same words over and over. My wife and I do this all the time. Mm, yes, childish and pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> That's this asshole. The Hateful Eight is beautifully filmed and Morricone's score should have escaped to find a better movie. But it's just a bloody sandbox in which Tarantino plays with his favorite toys until it's time to destroy them. By the way, this sounds like the writer's kid just broke their toys and the writer decided to make this autobiographical. <laughs> Shockful value use of the N-word was how QT made his bones in Hollywood. Hateful, in, in quotes, is the culmination of a bodywork engineer to liberate the N-word from the PC lockdown. Mm-hmm. I'm making the same face right. too, Brad. Yeah. Fascinating take. I don't know. Yeah. That take is too hot for this podcast That's, i mean come on now and it'd be nice in, in these reviews if they at least reference the movie in some way do you know what i mean that doesn't even stop with your movie. nonsense yeah you're trying to apply logic to apologies, a bunch of, apologies. Fucking, bunch of queefs who are apologies. trying to use the most colorful analogies that don't fucking pair in the end with reality thank you amazon five-star reviews amazon five-star review the booze it's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. I don't normally like to, uh, films directed by Quentin Tarantino very much. However, this film is by far his greatest work. Oof, oof, oof. It's also the only one I saw. That's a big swing. That's a big swing. And a miss. And I'm a huge Tarantino guy. I am there every night, every year opening night for a Tarantino. This is not all. I would love to. That would be something I'd like to know. I would like to know for Tarantino heads, how many out of 100 Tarantino heads have this as their favorite Tarantino movie? And I'm going to say the over under is like two. Five. Oh, that's five? Five over under. I'm going under. You can't be more than a couple people. Out of a hundred, listen, I, I'll account for the whack factor. Favorite. Yeah, favorite. I'm with you. I'm with you. Based on what? Who's who, what, what? What would the basis be? Like, I just love. They would be the one. Be like, I've said for years, Channing Tatum should be in a Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and the chick who was statutory raped in, in, in Fast Times Ridge, Ridgemont High, she should be in it too. <laughs> listen, I've been saw- calling people a bushwhacker. 
bushwhacking castrators castrator. yeah. and it's nice to finally see it on the big screen <laughs> mission complete <laughs> i i'm i'm i cut and paste by the way brad i'm was shocked to see any one star reviews but then i scrolled down and it was about people whining about blood and swearing read again this is a tarantino film starring samuel l jackson expect lots of blood and swearing expect drawn out 50 style camera shots expect samuel l jackson to get mad and swear and take care of the situation expect toe licking (laughs) expect the unexpected (laughs) fantastic movie it's like the movie clue but keeps you hanging on every word the dialogue makes this movie the actors did a knockout job i could watch this movie over and over oh let me get this straight so was it colonel mustard in the conservatory was it colonel mustard in the conservatory while yelling the n-word twenty three thousand times with the candlestick keeps you hanging on every word and that word starts with n (laughs) as a nectarine (laughs) boy if you hate great movies great characters great story funny unexpected excessive blood spatter jennifer jason lee is the best she's ever been kurt russell too if you hate great movies steer clear of the hateful eight Signed, Mr. Ms. Ironic Jedi Mind Trick Champion. <laughs> what just happened there? I yeah. don't understand what any of that was. That By was the a- way, I lo- there is something amazing about how, I mean, this is, I just, this is great. It's just a great element of your show, but like people just see what they want to see, don't they? I, I, this is just all over the map. I mean, well, Brad, wait, wait, wait till you get to our next favorite section where people use this as a soapbox to get their agendas out. And that is Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Now, Kevin, I kept this one at the top because I know you love it. Thank God I didn't pay full price for this or I would have been pissed. <laughs> Way too long, foul, but foul just for shock value. Save your money. Tarantino keeps going to the pulp fiction well, in quotes. <laughs> it's not working anymore. Seriously, save your money. A total crap fest. Uh, my my answer is, being he keeps getting greenlit and all of his money make a shitload of movies, I'd say it makes perfect sense, Mr. Economy Major from Middlesex County Community College. Next one. <laughs> Absolute crap. You know why Hollywood doesn't make many Westerns anymore? Because they turn out like like this vile and pathetic mishmash of pure crap. Hey, if the music score includes rap music, which it does, where does this have rap music, boys? Let's pause for a second. How did I miss that? I did too, because it just... I assume it's when we first see Bruce Dern. Right? <laughs> yeah they're playing method man when they introduce this character <laughs> if samuel l jackson is in it you know it's going to be pure gutter garbage all right Ugh. and here's my segment kevin i bought this watched it immediately cut up the disc tore up the sleeve and kept the blu-ray case and now we have a new leader in the that doesn't happen <laughs> clubhouse Guys, that's like keeping the condom after you blew a load in it who the fuck keeps the case after they uh, supposedly trash the disc? 
Wait, you don't have a scoreboard in your closet where you just hang them up after it? Oh, I guess it's just me. Like the sex taxidermy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is not what I expected to be from the get-go. The language is so gross and filthy. Was astonished at the use of the N-word, especially by Mr. Jackson. I do, under- I do understand that this is just a make-believe movie. But movies of this nature are and always will always will always leave a stigma on certain people and they will emulate and believe they have caused Hollywood needs to understand that they do have moral issues they need to consider, but of course they won't signed Chrissy Metz. (laughs) This guy had a thought and a point to make and neither happened. You you know, he didn't have in this, in this, in this whole argument punctuation. I was going to say commas. A subject (laughs) would help. Did did you see me pause for a reason? No. Wait a minute. This is <laughs> uncharacteristic movie with Sam- Samuel Jackson. Oh, you mean where Samuel L. Jackson uses the N word and exacts revenge on white people is uncharted territory. Did this guy just wake up from a Steven Seagal hard to kill coma? <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. I purchased this item in June and I am so disappointed. This DVD reminded me of the piracy movies being sold in the strip mall parking lot. I'm requesting you send me the original movie and I and I will return this one. I'm like this person expect Pirates of the Caribbean with a piracy comment. I don't know. DVD does not play. Too late to return. My bad. My <laughs> <I> bad. <laughs> Wait, wait, hold uh, on. The, the, those are always going to get me. By the way, it's, <laughs> it's just just uh, just the mechanics of working the machinery is always going to get. Hold me. on, hold on, Brad. Too late to return. My bad. This is three hateful eight DVDs that do not play. Does anyone have that one that plays? Maybe, the, <laughs> maybe, pal, you should stop putting the DVD in the toaster. You might get a different result. This Still does has a feel, VCR. It, it does feel like no. It feels like a user error, doesn't it? That doesn't really feel possible. Kevin Israel, did Brad Morris gut the sacred cow? Ooh, he's going to think one. about this. This is this is this is a tough one. See, and I know we're going to split on this because for me, he did gut the sacred cow. For me, he he tore it apart. He made all the points that I that I was that I was going to make. I I I didn't feel great about this movie coming in. Listen to his pointed well-executed arguments. I, I agree with him. I think he I think he did gut it, but I know you're going to disagree with me, and we're going to end up having to duel at Damn sundown. <laughs> I appreciate that, Kevin. I do. All right. Lower the boom. Lower the boom. I think we might – typically, when we're split this. on this, when we're split on this, we usually go to the uh, go to the audience and ask them if, if they think if they think you, you got it. But I think you did. Fuck it. I think you did. Yeah, despite <laughs> despite, but here's the thing. This is the first here's a caveat. Give me the caveat. I the caveat know. is this: right, whenever all right. All right. we've never had anyone convince us fully to, to go from this movie we like to fuck this right. movie. Right. The ultimate compliment is Bill. Actually, Bill got me before I started implementing this. Bill at least made enough key points in his argument with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. But that's we're, we're, I'm still gonna love that fucking film. Blah blah blah. The real compliment is if you get one of us to change our score. I'm not going to change my score, but I will give you the gutting. That's the that's the first time you've had that. Let, let me tell you of- something. I, 
I couldn't be more honored. And let's not forget something, Kevin. You changed your score up and still told me that. I, <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's hard to first. do. That's, that's that, a Brad, Brad, if you go to your front door right now, there is a gutting the sacred cow girl with your statue <laughs> ready to give it to you. I, I, I can't tell you how much that means to me. And not just because I've been living in my in-laws for the last two months. So. <laughs> we tracked you down. Thank you. Actually, Tarantino sent her over and she's not wearing shoes. So enjoy. <laughs> just got dirty feet. Yeah. Just dirty, let, dirty frozen frontier feet, guys. You know? Don't let her put her feet up on the dashboard on <laughs> a car like once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, Jesus. Give me the, give me those candy corn toenails, boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gross. <laughs> Little hairs on the knuckles. Oh God, you got fucks are made me throw up. Brad Morris, where can the world find you? You know what? Uh Brad Morris seven seven three uh representing the, the Chicago uh area code on Twitter. Uh again, just not making a lot of sense most of the time. Instagram, Mr. Brad Morris. Um, you know, some of your favorite uh, shows. Uh, I'll pop. I'm sort of like uh, the Where's Waldo of um, sitcom character actors. You dress uh, like him right now too. I know. I know. This is my <laughs> Waldo look. And uh, and then yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. Uh, you, you know, I used to do lots of other stuff, and now I'm more behind the scenes. I got a movie. I made a a, a movie during the pandemic uh, with Matt Walsh and Eva Longoria. It's called Unplugging, and it's a comedy. And oh, nice. uh, keep your cool. eyes out for that. And I look forward to you guys. Honestly, gut the shit out of it. If we didn't do it right, I want you guys to be the ones to take it down, you know, or someone else with you guys, you know. Well, it has to be good. It has to be one of our three criteria, as you know. It has to be critically acclaimed, widely beloved, or financially successful. So if it gets to one of those, we'd be more than happy to do if, so. If I get to one of the three, I'm going to be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> we hope for your we hope for your sake somebody does have, get to pick the movie. Exactly. And I can't think of a better person for that than Bill Schultz. <laughs> wouldn't that just be the cat's pajamas it really would kevin israel where can the world find you you can find me at kevinisrael.com but stand-up comedy's dead so fuck it don't bother kevingoatee.com for your nfl bets that's right i bet against the bears that was a no-brainer and uh <laughs> and your right comedy is gone but what the hell you can go to guttingthesacredcow.com but that's that brad morris you did a bang-up fucking job man this yeah. is a great killer, killer. Yeah. I had a blast. You guys were the best. The show's awesome. And uh, I, I, I only hope that I, uh, you know, made Bill's recommendation at least look like one, not one of his worst. No, you're great. <laughs> yeah. No, Bill's done a great job with all his recos. And uh, this is a great episode. Thanks for coming on, Brad. Listen, you Gutting the Sacred Cow, yo, you're welcome. Thank you for coming. Gutting the Sacred Cow, don't forget, if you have not yet done so, five-star rating, two or three sentence review, GTSC podcast on Twitter. And if you want to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. That is it, kids. We'll see you next week. Thanks a bunch. Take care. Later. Bye-bye. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.